you, Jesus. We worship Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus. It's the name above every name. The mighty name of Jesus. The matchless name of Jesus. Jesus, we exalt your name today. We proclaim your lordship over our lives. Jesus, you rule and reign. King Jesus. Lord Jesus. Our Savior. Our Master. Jesus, we belong to you. We worship you today. We open our hearts to you. And we welcome you in this place. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We know that you're here now. You inhabit our praises. And we acknowledge you this morning. Great Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in this place. Touch every heart. Change every life. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you do what only you can do. Thank you, Father. One more time, lift your hands. Lift your voices. Tell the Lord how much you love Him. Tell the Lord that you are hungry and thirsty today. We want more of you, Lord. We want more of your presence. We draw close to you. And we thank you that you draw close to us. We love you, Lord. With all of our hearts. Because you first loved us. We thank you for your love, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You can take your seats. Tell the people next to you that you love them. And we're going to get into the Word of God this morning. Hope you came hungry. We don't just gather for the sake of tradition. We gather because we have an intention. Purpose. So what is the purpose of this? Well, we want to draw close to Jesus. We want to give him our first day of our week. Shows our priorities are in the right order. So we want to worship him and we also want to hear from him. And that's what this is about. He's 
hearing our prayers. He hears your hearts. And now he wants to speak to you. And he speaks through his word. So we thank God for the word of God. And we should never take times like this lightly because anytime we open God's word together something good's going to happen God's going to speak to us and through his word our lives are changed Amen, Amen. so if you brought your Bible you can, you can open it we're going to begin today in the Old Testament. The book of Exodus. Chapter 3. And we'll just get we'll get the, this uh, the introduction here. Introduction, and, and, and I'll let you know what we're going to be talking about the, the next few weeks. Exodus chapter 3, verse, verses 10 through 14. We'll start with verse 10. God is speaking. He says, Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. So God says go. Two thirds of God is go, G-O. So, go is just a part of God's nature. And that's why he tells us to go. He says go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. God says go. You know, a lot of times we're waiting instead of going. And there's even this hesitancy sometimes. Well, if God tells me to, then I'll go. But there's a better approach. Just go. And then if God tells you to stop, then stop. But he already, he, he already told us to go. Go to your neighbor. Go to your family members. Go to strangers. Go and do something for Jesus. And so God tells Moses to go. He says, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. Now, verse 11. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? 
Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Moses is having an encounter with God. God is revealing to Moses his plan for his life. But Moses has some objections. He, he begins to protest with God. Kind of argue with God. God says go. And, and Moses is saying no. In this encounter, we see Moses he comes up with two really important questions. And the first one is right here. Moses says, who am I? Who am I? Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? And if you've never felt like that, I pray one day you'll have the feeling. When God asks us to do something, when He puts something in our heart, when He gives us a vision for our life, many times we'll feel this way. Who am I? Right, because we know us. We know we don't have the strength or the power or the means to do anything. And we know even our best many times comes short. So I can relate to Moses. Standing in the presence of God. He says, go. And, and Moses says, who am I? It's a valid question. But it's a question God doesn't even bother to answer. Which, which I find interesting. God doesn't sit Moses down and say, okay, now Moses, let me tell you who you are. No, God just leaves that alone. But in, and instead, God is going to turn Moses Moses' attention away from himself. And, and God is going to redirect Moses' attention to himself. Continue reading. Verse 12. God answered. I'll be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So remember Moses' question. Who am I? God doesn't answer that. 
But God just says, I'll be with you. And that's the most important thing. I'll be with you. It's not all about who you are. But it's all about who's with you. And if God's with you and if God's for you, then you can do it. Look at your neighbor and tell them you can do it. You can do it. If God is with you, then you can do it. And God knew that. That's why for God it wasn't even a question. God said, I'll be with you and then this will be a sign that I'm the one who has sent you. That when you've brought the people out, see, so it's going to happen. I'm sending you. I'm going to be with you. And it's going to happen. You'll be back with the nation of Israel and you'll worship me on this mountain. Amen. Amen. It's settled, right? Moses should just be ready to go. But look, verse 13. Moses protested again. See, I just, Moses must have been kind of a thinker. Any thinkers out there? What about this? First of all, who in the world am I? <laughs> what about the, the other things? The, this detail, that detail. He says, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they'll ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? Now, Moses is having a conversation here. This is awesome. I mean, Moses is like, God, what is your name? If I go and I tell them God sent me, then they're going to want to know what's his name. And so, and so this is the more, the more important question now. Remember, Moses asked first, who am I? But now he's asking, who are you? This is the more, more important question. This is the question God will answer. He, he wants our eyes off of ourselves. And, and, and the nature the human nature is to focus on self. Who am I? What can I do? My ability or lack thereof. I'm not that smart. I can't talk that well. 
And we've got this long list because our eyes are inward on ourselves. But God wants to redirect our focus and ask the more important questions. Who are you? And that's a question God will answer. So God replied to Moses in verse 14. And he says, I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. This is classic God talk, I guess. You know, I mean, we want to be able to understand it all. I'm sure Moses wanted, you know, a little more clarity. But God just tells him, I am who I am. And you tell him, I am sent you. Can you imagine that? And Moses is he's actually going to go to Israel. And he's going to tell the leaders of Israel. The God whose name is I am has sent me to you. But God is revealing himself. God is revealing his nature and his character. And God in this wants to provoke us to know who he is. Because I, that still leaves a question mark in my mind. God says, I am who I am. What, what does that mean? I want to know you. I want to know who you are. And so that's really the journey of our experience with God. Is to know the great I am. So notice Moses, he had it backwards. Who am I becomes I am who. Right? Moses started with who am I and then God says I am who I am. So again, instead of asking who am I, we need to consider who he is. Consider the one who says who I am who. And here's what you need to understand today. And this is what we want to focus on the next few weeks. See, you'll only be able to answer that first question. You'll only be able to answer who am I. If you get to know the one 
The one who says, I am who I am. You've got to get to know him. If you know the one who says, I am, then you can understand who you are. Amen. Amen. God reveals our identity. And what we'll find is this. This I am God is a, is a revelation of who Jesus is. So if we can understand who Jesus is, then we can understand who we are. Your life is hidden in Christ. So your identity is all about Knowing him, understanding him. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be looking at who Jesus is. And, and we're going we're gonna to look at seven times Jesus said, I am. He said, I am seven different things. And so we'll be looking at that the next few weeks. Let's take a moment, let's pray, let's thank God for his word. And, and we will continue. Father, we thank you for the Holy Ghost, our teacher, our guide, open our hearts, help us to understand, reveal yourself to us as we look to your word. Father, all that you are, help us to see it. We want to know you more. And with that, we'll understand who we are. We thank you for it, Father. And Lord, we want to take a moment and pray for India. We bless this nation. And Father God, those places that are being flooded. Father, we, we pray that at this time, your church would arise and shine. Where, wherever there's a disaster, wherever there's a need, may your people be there to bring peace and comfort. Strengthen, Father, your church in India. We bless the state of Sikkim. We speak peace to these hills. We bless Gangtok. We thank you that your kingdom is here. And your perfect will is being done. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I am. It's who Jesus is. Go to John chapter 8. And we'll see where Jesus introduces himself this way. Verse 52. John chapter 8, verse 52. The people said, now, now we know you're possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died in you say anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. 
Demanding of God, who do you say you are? Who do you think you are? But he was, he was asking God, who, who are you? What's your name? What am I going to tell them? What did God say? I am who I am. Tell them, I am sent you. And so these people are now interrogating Jesus. Who do you think you are? Well, you know, Jesus does more than think who he is. He knows who he is. Jesus isn't confused. He wasn't confused then. He knew, he knew who he was. He knew his mission. Those things were clear. And so he can answer them. In verse 54, he does. He says, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count, but it is my Father who will glorify me. You say he's our God. But you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you, but I do know him and obey him. Notice he says, I know him and obey him. How do I know if you know God? Well, do you desire to obey him? Because if he's God, and you know he's God, then you only have one option. Obey him. Why should I obey him? Because he's God. Hello, he's God. And you're going to stand before God Almighty. 
And you're going to give an account for your life. If I don't obey God, if I have no desire to obey God, then it means I don't know him. Now, you could know about him, but knowing about God doesn't change your life. Right? You can know about a lot of people. But that doesn't mean anything. You know all kinds of things about me. You might know some things about my wife. But I really know her. So it's, you know, it, there's an intimacy, there's a level there. That the only way we can press through and really know God it's more than just gathering facts about him it's more than having an opinion about him you have to take the time to really know him Jesus knew him and obeyed him and he said in verse 56 your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming he saw it and was glad the people said you aren't even 50 years old how can you say you've seen Abraham I don't know why they picked 50 you'd have to be like 500 years old or something but they say you're not even 50 years old how can you how can you say that you've seen Abraham? Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Abraham I am. Not I was. But I am. See, he, he is the self-existent present God. He is, he was, he is to come. And his declaration about himself, the same declaration God made in that burning bush to Moses, he says, I am. Amen. Amen. So there it is. Jesus is the great I am. Now that that bothered them. I am is who Jesus is. And, and when Jesus said that, you know, all those guys that were interrogating Jesus, they started picking up stones. They were ready to kill Jesus. 
perfection or completion. So seven times Jesus is going to say, I am, I am, I am. And we're going to look at all seven of those. Not all of them today, though. You'll have to come, out, come back each week so you can learn more about who he is. The great I am. We got a little time. We can look at the first one. It's in John chapter 6. Verse 35. And we probably won't be able to dig real deep into this. But just let's look at verse 35. Here Jesus replies. He says, I am the bread of life. He says, whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So who does Jesus say he is? He, I am the bread of life. That's who I am says he is. I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me, they'll never be hungry again. They'll never be thirsty again. The longing of the soul is met. And we find peace. We find satisfaction for the searching of God. Jesus is the bread of life. Now he told them that after he just got done multiplying all that food. Right, all, all the people, thousands of them. Few pieces of bread, it's multiplied, they all eat, they're all satisfied. And they're all excited. And they're all thinking, whoa, man, now this is a good trick. If I can learn this trick, it's like, come on, I never have to go to the shopping. I never have to go to the shop again. I never have to spend money again. We'll just sit at home and multiply bread every day. And they started asking him, what must we do? How can we work the works of God? They wanted to do that kind of miracle. You know, they got so excited about that natural bread. And, and Jesus said, you want to know what the work of God is? Believe in the one that God has sent. Believe in me. I mean, they had their eyes on the natural bread. They were excited about the natural bread. 
Where Jesus had to say, hey, listen, I am the bread of life. You could eat that bread all day long. And one you're going to get sick. Eventually, you're going to get tired of that bread, too. But I, I am the bread of life. You come to me, you'll never be hungry again. See, that's, that's the real answer. Uh, the answer is not what Jesus can do, it's who he is. Can he multiply bread? Yeah. But, but more importantly, he is the bread of life. Because it's possible to enjoy what Jesus does but never know who Jesus is. It happens in churches all over the world. People come and they see what Jesus does. And they enjoy what he does. But they might totally miss who he is. And, and so we, we've got to look beyond the, the, the things that we can see, the natural things. And, and, and what is the longing of our heart? It's to know him. He is the bread of life. Amen. Amen. And we're going to continue looking at this. But I'm going to stop there for now. So you got to come back next week. He is the bread of life. Amen. Amen. Now I want, I want you to just look inside your own heart. You know, before we leave today, I want you to be able to respond. The worship team can come. In a moment, I'm going to ask you all to rise. We're going to worship Jesus together. You know what happens? Many times we get full on other things. If I'm feeding on the things of this world, then it's no surprise if I don't have a spiritual hunger for God. How hungry are you? Are you hungry for Jesus? He is the bread of life. He is the one who sustains you. But you're going to have to come to him. You're going to have to learn to feed on his word. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. We're going to worship Jesus.